This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm W. Scott is one, and I have not seen the movie Back to the Future Part 3. Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A Cinemavention. Don't get cute. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be continuing our conversation and discussing the movie Back to the Future Part 3, which my guests have seen before. Please welcome back Samuel Lewis and Dolan Moles once again. Gentlemen, are you ready to talk about Back to the Future Part 3? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. So just like part two, Back to the Future part three is available for rent or purchase. And as of this recording is not available to stream in the U.S. Again, check JustWatch.com. Back to the Future part three was released once again by Universal Pictures on May 25th, 1990. The movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis and stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Mary Steenbergen, Tom Wilson, and Leah Thompson. The movie had a budget of $40 million and made $246 million in theaters. Now, I know we talked about last time when you saw when we saw Back to the Future 2 for the first time. Dolan, when was the first time you saw Part 3? Uh, right after I saw Part 2, so pro- I was probably 5 or 6. Again, my mom put it on, and I, fa- again, fell in love with it ever since. Okay, yeah, so you had a back-to-back viewing experience. Yeah, I, all three. Yeah. Sam, what about you? Yeah, and while mine wasn't back-to-back like a marathon or anything like that, uh, definitely it was probably close. Because, again, fell in love with the first one, so naturally the second and third one closely followed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on. Uh, All right, let's uh, let's get to talking about the movie here. Um, And uh, you you guys mentioned uh, some cameos of this series. Uh, Why why don't we go ahead and talk about I don't know who wants to take that one, but. uh... Well, in the first episode, I did mention Huey Lewis's famous guys, guys, guys. I'm afraid you're just too dang loud while playing one of his songs, which is a beautiful cameo. Mm -hmm. Uh, But of course, ZZ Top is in this too. Uh, And you could tell it's ZZ Top because they do their signature move in the middle of an old West party. (laughs) Um, For anyone that, yeah, go for it. Yeah, just spitting their instruments. Yeah, which normally Frank Beard, I think it's Frank, uh, Frank Beard. I know his last name's Beard because the whole joke was, of course, that the other two had beards and he didn't. And just his name was Beard. That was the whole bit for a while. I mm-hmm. think at some point he has actually grown a beard at this point and that bit is dead. Uh, but um, he normally didn't get to spin his instruments because he had a whole drum kit to do. But in this case, he gets to join in by spinning his drum, too. So it's all three of them getting to spin their instruments and then keep going. So it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty cute that they got the ZZ Top instrument spin in. And that's how you kind of knew it was them, right? Yeah. And then, again, as we talked about the previous one, Flea. This is pre-Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, it was Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers was playing Needles. Yeah, which that's, I, not, 
not sure if the timeline matches up of him if his red hot chili peppers fame but hmm that's pretty cool uh, by the way, I forgot to uh, give this. Uh, I forgot to give a spoiler warning here because I normally it's implied. Like I said in the last episode, normally it's implied that if you're listening to this episode, like we are going to spoil the movie that we're talking about, obviously, right? So that's kind of implied, right? But I will give a spoiler warning uh, for because we are probably going to be mentioning stuff that's in part one and part two of back to the future as well so if you have not seen those two movies fair warning we will probably be spoiling aspects of those two movies while talking about this one so you have been warned having said that uh compared to part two uh this movie almost goes back to its roots a little bit and marty goes back in time only once and comes back to 1985 again so like it's a much simpler story this time, but I, that still doesn't diminish how good of a story it is. And you're kind of, and you, and it's almost like a, they're coming back to their roots from the first movie, almost in a way. Does, did, did you guys feel that way? Yeah. in yeah. a bit. I, I can totally get that where the, the second movie definitely flits backwards and forwards in time as needed. Right. But this one definitely is the, we have a destination, go to the destination and then live most of the movie through the destination until we go home. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, in a lot of ways, yeah, I felt like this was a going back to the basic sorts of uh, sort of story here. Um, and once again, uh, we have another recap of the previous movie, which, by the way, means we've now seen that particular um, <laughs> scene a third time now, <laughs> which is, yeah. you know, I mean, again, not n- not faulting it them for it. But it's just like we have now seen the scene for a third time now, which is which is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it right out the get go. This is the best Western movie I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> straight up, this is the best Western movie I have ever seen. So, I don't know. Uh, have, have you guys seen a lot of Western movies? I haven't seen, like, for uh, me, like, Western movies have always been weird to me. Because it's like, they'll always be on, like, I, for whatever reason, I always associate Western movies and watching Western you know, TV shows and movies to being at my grandpa's house. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if anybody has some anything similar like that, but whenever I watch those Western movies, it's like, it's so boring to me. I don't know. Like, maybe I just don't have good taste, but... Well, and then it may not just it just may not be your taste, right? You know, it, it yeah. totally depends. Western movies, as much as they are action movies, they are very much character pieces, too. Uh, so it it doesn't hit you like your standard action movie is where there's gun fighting and stuff like that. Because all that happens in a Western movie. But if you're not big on character pieces, you're probably not going to like a Western because that's, that's what's going to make it go slow for you for a couple of spaces. Yeah, no. And, and you guys know my opinion on uh, aliens. Like, I have a similar problem with aliens. Like, it's just... It's so slow to get to the point you're taking forever yeah. to get there. So, yeah, no, I I think it's maybe the same problem here, you know? 
Remind me if I ever introduce you to Doctor Who to show you new Who, not classic Who. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that statement. It's, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. Um, exactly the reason I like classic Who, by the way. But that's, again, carry on. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I love how they still have all of, like, like they still have some future items, like, not only at the start of the movie, like you'll notice the hoverboard that Marty kept from the last movie right at the very beginning. And they actually bring the hoverboard into the 1800s with them, you know, which, by the way, comes in clutch at the very end there. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and the Mr. Fusion too. the, the to get the 1.21 gigawatts. Uh, true, power. true. Yeah. The Mr. Fusion is still in action. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what's in, that's what's always interesting to me, though, is that Doc and Clara are still on the hoverboard when Marty gets sent back to 1985. It's like I, I'm still not quite understanding how Doc and Clara brought the train back to 1985 because uh, it's like, didn't it get destroyed? But then again, like maybe this is another copy of Doc um, being transported. I think it's a, I think it's an, like an entirely it's like a same model of train, but it's a different train is what yeah, I either that or they're insinuating that now he has scrap metal to work with to put the train together because there's now a bunch of metal at the bottom of a ravine that he can retrieve. But even then, that would take a lot of work to pull that train up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, and I and that was something I felt like it just never got answered, really. And, and maybe that's intentional for the story, right? Like to just leave it open ended like that. I mean, given it's a gag at the end, there's a little bit of who cares <laughs> that comes yeah. into the equation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm i sorry, though, but it's like I always I, I always think of these finer details. It's like I get too I get too granular about stuff like that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure there's something in some of the supplemental media that explained what happened with it. Sure, sure. Uh by the way, uh, they have a clip from Howdy Doody. Who remembers Howdy Doody? And uh, I put in the notes. I'm like, I'm sure Wabbit Magic does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, my connection to Howdy Doody is actually uh, to another show that's going to be quite a reference. Um, but uh, there is a show that was around, I think, around the same time that Saturday Night Live was just getting started. But it was a show called Fridays uh, that was pretty much sketch comedy like it but there's mm. some other people that you will know in the future uh but there's a comedian named larry david who was the co-writer of seinfeld is ah uh, right uh, yeah and curb, um, and curb your enthusiasm yeah exactly curb your enthusiasm but he used to play this uh kind of bellboy character that would uh be mean to everyone until Howdy Doody came in the room and we the way that they made Howdy Doody, they didn't make like small um puppet version of howdy doody they had a guy walk in the room in howdy doody's outfit and they put a massive howdy doody head on his head like he was a celebrity he goes oh right this way mr doody right this way you know and, that, <laughs> and that was the whole bit is that he was a complete ass until oh mr doody is here right this way mr doody you know they, they did that bit like several times in that show so yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny i i gotta ask though because because Doc, particularly in this movie, is like uh, ha telling Marty because he's always having trouble thinking this way. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> yeah. What, what is fourth dimensionally actually mean, though? Exactly. Time. I, I time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. X, Y, Z in time. Yeah. It's like if I decide to run at the wall in my studio right now, if I go back about uh, two years, I won't have to worry about running into that wall because it's not there. At that time, I was living in a camper that was shorter, and this section of this area would not even be here. So thinking fourth dimensionally, if I want to run forward, I will not run into anything if I go back in time at that time period because nothing was there. That's uh-huh. you thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> gotcha. No, I can see why Marty was confused then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, and, and okay, so that, that very first scene uh, when Marty gets into 1885 and Marty's, was it the, his great-grandparents or his grandparents? I'm not sure which one. Uh, great grandparents i think it's great yeah yeah because oh it it is it is great because we yeah or great great because is it great great i don't know i think well i think it's great great because you kind of meet a a certain character in because the baby is named william if i'm not mistaken and i'm yeah william is grandfather and i'm pretty sure yeah from part two yeah marty mentions that's his grandfather so yeah it'd be his great grandparents then okay um and uh, I, I'm just thinking of the thinking <laughs> of like from some stuff that you hear about in the video game is trying to get the timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Mar- when they when they pick up uh, Marty, I'm sorry, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> and put him up in the farm. Um, I, after, <laughs> after, by the way, I'm going to be this guy, but I have to. Okay. I'm not entirely sure if I'm accurate about this, but after he runs away from. I'm pretty sure Native Americans that were wearing the wrong type of headdress for the particular Plains Indians of which would have been in that area, just saying. But, uh-huh. you know, yeah. it, the only reason I mainly have that is that's one of dad's pet peeves because we do have some Native American in our bloodline. So uh-huh. he's the one that historically goes, no, just no. They did, did, did that. That was a completely different region, and just for some reason, Hollywood went, "Ooh, the flashiest ones. We'll have all of them wear those." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Although that was also problems with propaganda in the actual old West, but that could be a whole entire history right. podcast for that. But yeah, just as a side note, to be no, funny. that's no, that's fair. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, that's that's great that you mentioned that because I wouldn't have noticed a detail like that. You know, um. But what's interesting is uh, Marty always seems to have random nightmares during time travel. It's like, <laughs> yes, it's like he'll have like he'll go for like a two hour nap or something and then like wake up and have like this like horrible nightmare. I guess that's sort of I guess that's sort of a side effect of time traveling if you think about it. Right. Because Jennifer had this problem, too. Yeah. Or just a massive also after a lot of head trauma he always seems to have that yeah every time it's like first one gets hit by a car second one gets thumped over the head by by best goons this one hits a fence Fence. yeah wow yeah that yeah that's one thing i had a note of it's just like yeah no it's it's you would you would be concerned for his health after a while yeah yeah Yeah, too many concussions after a while i mean yeah you know (laughs) yeah uh but uh, uh, also, um, uh, I I I know that this is the old west, and they didn't have filtering systems. <laughs> but that brown water, though, I'm like, ew! What is this, Flint, Michigan? 
And I'm only oh. and I'm only <laughs> making that reference because I was living in that area and because uh Dolan is here. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. <laughs> um but what's interesting is uh talking about Clint Eastwood, they uh, they actually had to get Clint Eastwood's approval to use his name in the film. Uh Nate. so that's something that I thought was interesting. So uh Doc's love interest, Clara. Let's talk about her. So mm. it's interesting how she's allowed to come back to 1985, but no one else is, right? And the the theory that was brought up uh, in the watch party is that it was common that when that people just disappeared in that time period and, you know, were basically presumed dead, um, which is why she can come back to 1985 and be Doc's lover and not mess up the timeline. Uh, what do you guys think about that theory? I also think it's part of cost because like, she in the original time, the original 1985 timeline, she was supposed to go into the ravine. Which was yeah, become, uh, 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 Clayton Ravine, which mm-hmm. then became Eastwood Ravine. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's why it's like she's not in the original timeline, so her being in the future doesn't mess up to, doesn't mess up anything more than saving her would have. Mm-hmm. Plus, also probably like moving her from where she was supposed to be probably helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's interesting, right? Um. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, t- I tend to go with that theory of like, you know, like, yeah, like it was just, yeah, it didn't mess up the timeline because that, because they didn't know how that stuff worked back then. That's, that's sort of the theory that I'm going with right now. Um, also, uh, they talk about, they share an interest in author Jules Verne's. Um, I don't remember, like, what novel were they talking, were they talking about a specific novel? I don't... Uh, from the Earth to the Moon. Uh-huh, that's yeah, it. They were talk- yeah. yeah, Doc was talking specifically about, uh, they, they were looking at the, they were, you know, looking at the stars on their date, and he was, ta- and he started quoting, or what, what, uh, Clara thought was quoting from the, to the Moon, but he was talking about, oh yeah, in the future, we, you know, we use giant explosions to propel. And he was, you know, more or less quoting from, from, from the, from the earth to the moon. And Clara was just like, wide eyed, wide eyed, like, I love that. I love that author too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was, uh, so was that a, um, I assume that must've been like an 1800s author yeah. or previously, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm it, trying to figure out when he wrote that specific novel, but I know that, uh, he was also responsible for Journey to the Center of the Earth, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Around the World in 80 Days is probably his biggest one, especially considering Wait. recently David Tennant has done a production of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, going back to the to some of the foreshadowing stuff we're talking about, they foreshadowed his love for it from because they what they did is the, the, the show where Doc hid the DeLorean so Marty could get it in 1955. He mm-hmm. wrote his initial. He wrote his initials on the, mm-hmm. just like the the main character and from the Journey to the Earth and Doc, nineteen fifty five. Doc goes, oh, just like in Journey to the Center of the Earth, but but um, from Jules Verne. Yeah, yeah, well, and they even mention uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea as well. Um, and so uh, I I ultimately uh, <laughs> and that's what's interesting because like because Doc basically admits that the time machine exists. 
but like Clara just doesn't believe him at all. And it's that like, was such a heartbreaking yeah. scene. It's like both of them played it so well that that's part of what made it so heartbreaking. It's like, oh God, this is when you remember, oh, that's right. Um, Christopher Lloyd can do emotions freaking amazingly too. Yeah. He's not just like some weird comedic actor. He's he can do them all, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, from the journey of the sun, to the, from the Earth to the Moon, eighteen sixty-five. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That would yeah. That would add up. That would be twenty years before that that time period. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that. I think. Which I which I think even Claire even says like, oh, that book only came out twenty years ago. Right. Yeah, you couldn't have been a boy, and then he has to go. Uh, well, I, I meant that it made me feel like a boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, let me see. Yeah. So, um, I it, well, and and Clara accuses Doc of playing with her emotions with by using that to his advantage. It's like it's like that's not the truth, though. It's like yeah. I mean, mm. but I also love. I, it's funny how Doc's kids at the end are named Jules and Vern. Like how how amazing is that? Like I guess it does make sense, though, right? I mean, they came together over their love of that author, so why not be that romantic? Go full hog. Why not? Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always, I always wondered, um, like, because like Doc really adapts so well to the eighteen hundreds, right? Like, I've always wondered how he adapted so well to that time period. Then again, though, I mean, that was his dream life. Like, that was his dream was to, you know, go back into that period because it it was kind of foreshadowed back in the second movie as well you know that that was his dream you know time period so i guess you know he knew all of the tropes already because he's probably studied it over so many years right so you know i i guess i guess that's how he got so used to it Mm. so um by the way, that automatic toaster that they have, like, <laughs> yeah. Doc has that automatic toaster in the 1800s, and it's like we don't, we don't, we don't even have that. Like, that's cooler than any toaster we have now. Like, and that's in the 1800s. Like, like we yep. don't even have that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love how he makes an entire setup like he had in his lab in 1985 but just yeah. an old west version of it yeah, yeah with a yeah a limited he has limited technology but he can still do you know invent tinker and do whatever he wants to do while still being there mm-hmm. yeah yeah it'll shoot the back it'll shoot a it'll uh, shoot a fly off a horse's back at 20 yards or yeah something like that and right now it's aimed at your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like Doc having a BA moment by creating a essentially sniper rifle, which side note, I was watching this and yeah, I won't go too deep into this, but I had an artificer character in Dungeons and Dragons and he built a sniper rifle. I did not realize that the image in my head for my sniper rifle was Doc's sniper rifle until I looked at the thing and went, I'll be danged. (laughs) It just filled that in as the like steampunky sniper rifle of choice in the back of my head, apparently. So I kind of cackled at myself when I went, of course, it was Doc Brown's rifle I was imagining and I just wasn't thinking. (laughs) And he invented iced tea, too. Like He made that whole big thing that you just had, you know, Marty help him pump to make the ice cubes to, to make his iced tea 
It's so amazing. It's such a good bit, too, because yeah. he's just sitting there, and it's this big show, and then one tiny little ice cube comes out. <laughs> oh, fridge. Yeah. I did it. I yeah. did enjoy that a lot, too. Um, and uh, let's talk. So the town festival, that's something that, like, all the townspeople go to, and, and you know, it, it's basically, like, dances, right? And here's the thing, like, I've always enjoyed school dances. I don't know what it is about them, but, like, I've just enjoyed them a lot. Like, I love dancing and all that stuff. I've never been clubbing before, but I want to go one day. Like, that's something on my bucket list to do is to go clubbing. Of course, you know, I was going to I was going to do it um, in 2020. But then the pandemic said, nope, (laughs) that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, Another neat fact about the whole thing is I think Sam might be I might be stealing science lines like that's celebrating the clock tower yeah yeah, yeah. which oh, you know which you can see like a big point is they've like they've seen like at this point you now have martin doc president every major point in the clock tower's life of that's for, right the before jesus sees you see the induction of it the stopping of it and then when uh and then something then some, the whatever happened 2015 the crashing into it yeah yeah yeah, I guess I guess the that was kind of more if I understand that correctly. That was kind of more um I it, I think they might have been like tearing it down in 2015 or something, which is why they were um saying like save the clock tower. I don't know. Like it, it, does anyone have confirmation on that? I'm not I feel positive. like that might I feel like that might have even been the guy was that quick that as soon as they crashed into it to talk about 2015 efficiency, the guy was automatically there going, save the clock tower. <laughs> right. Well, but also, uh, but also that was kind of um, it, it, because we talked about in the last episode that Jimmy Kimmel bit, which if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's amazing. Um, but, but I, I noticed when that, that was what he mentioned, like he said, like the clock tower was destroyed and it turned into a Buffalo wild wings, I think is what (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel said. Um, Uh so that's what makes me think that, uh, that that's what happened ultimately to the clock tower. So, but yeah, um, so, uh, (laughs) I uh the it, it's interesting like uh, so Marty um is sort of like Marty and uh guns the gunslinger oh what's his call what's his name someone help me Mad Dog Mad Dog yeah that's right yeah, Mad, Mad Dog Tanner yeah you feared Mad Dog Tanner yeah they yep. sort they sort of have this like uh you know relationship throughout the movie I mean it started with Doc and um, Mad Dog right. The whole reason why he goes back in the first place. Shot in the back over a matter of $80. Now I wish I'd paid him off. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, 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 he like admits defeat and then like gets shot, right? And he slumps over and we presumably think he's dead, right? Or right. is he? Because he's got that yeah. bullet shield from the yeah. from that uh from that flashback in the last uh movie right yeah it was yeah he's like oh he, i don't wonder if he got the idea from because he saw that or was it just like oh he saw the the uh door to the uh cast iron door to the yeah, that's, furnace he might yeah that might have been where he got the idea from because i remember he that's what what was on when he busted in and uh confronted biff right so no. yeah yeah so i think that's probably where he got it right I mean, he was even essentially wearing the outfit that Clint Eastwood was wearing in that clip, right? Yeah, so right. it was like everything was down to detail. It was so good. Which mm-hmm. is what my current, which is what my current 
uh, RPG characters based off of is that visually. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of things inspiring our tabletop role play from Dab- from uh, Back, Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And once again, uh, Mad Dog ends up in the manure, which has kind of become a trope <laughs> where it's like, what? Wasn't it the same company too? Yeah, Am I was, right in thinking it was the exact I, I, same company? It, on it's, it? it's the same family, I believe. That the yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember. Was there anything that happened like that in the first movie? I don't remember. Um, yeah, the first movie. Yeah, Biff drove into the the back of the truck. The yeah, yeah, the yeah. Well, yeah, like yeah. No, I know because I remember that from part two, but I'm trying to remember from the original Back to the Future movie. Yeah, part yeah, one. The original they did the chase around uh with the him originally getting the skateboard by taking the kids thing apart and going around that was in the first movie um and then the second movie whenever doc rescues marty from biff in the one tunnel that's when he slams into the maneuver the manure the second time Mm -hmm. and then the third time is whenever you got mad dog falling into the manure yeah, because I think like Marty just like you know basically Clocks smacks him the up heck out of him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, um, I noticed uh, <laughs> someone pointed this out to me. Well, I-, I noticed it at first. I noticed there's a Wells Fargo bank in the background, and <laughs> it was like in the 1800s. I'm like, oh, that's a Wells Fargo bank. What's that doing? There? Yeah. And yeah. then someone reminded me. Yeah, they've been around for a wa- for a long time. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. One of the OGs, yes. That's a Wells Fargo has been around for quite a while. Yeah, yeah th- there was a Wells Fargo right there. I'm pointing mm-hmm. out my window. Yeah, there's a Wells Fargo right there for a long for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, yeah. So they've been they lasted up until the present time. So that's yeah. Really kind so, of, so yeah. So that bank has been around a while and has seen some some history. <laughs> mm. Um. When uh, and also like I, I'm just gonna point this out as a minor aside. Uh, when Doc and Marty um, take control of the train and hold the hold them at gunpoint, and they were they were ahead of their times because Doc Doc's like mask up. <laughs> they were. <laughs> is this a is this a robbery? No, it's a science experiment. Science experiment. Yeah. Yeah, that was really funny too. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And at the end, uh, we uh, Doc in the second and third movie is like, I really need to have this time machine destroyed. And well, the DeLorean ends up getting smashed by the train. Uh, and I'm like, that's that's one way to destroy it. <laughs> mm, and that is such like a heartbreaker. Yeah. You see that thing get shredded apart. You're like, no. Yeah. And then well, again, one point. Yeah. One interesting point about that is that DeLorean had bits from every time period that you had seen the uh Marty and Doc visit. Mm-hmm. Including yeah. the alternate timeline. Yeah, because I yeah. know because I noticed the because I noticed the car looked a little different uh when it first got transported into 1885. It was that that was interesting. Um yeah, because he had to fix some parts of the time circuit that had gotten blown out with uh 55 parts. So yeah, that's that's why all of a sudden on the hood of the car there's this weird little thing of tubes and and everything like that because that's what Doc that version had to put together to make the friggin' thing even work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, 
I want to talk about some funny moments in this movie because there's a lot more funny moments in this movie, I feel like, than there were in the last movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> I do love that slapstick comedy that they have at the beginning of the movie <laughs> with the magnifying glass making Doc's mouth look ginormous to like that scary piano riff that, where Doc like accidentally gets <laughs> yeah. smacked yep. into the piano and it's just playing this like... Like, he's backing up away from him and it's just going dun, dun, dun. <laughs> or like the uh or like when uh martin doc go to like he docks his own grave lightning strikes and brightens the the scene or was yeah. that in, yeah no yeah no i yeah the, I, well because it, it's funny you mentioned that yeah because marty that was another thing because marty sees doc's gravestone and doc says it looks like you've seen a ghost well you're not too far off <laughs> <laughs> yeah also uh, it's like doc tells morty don't stand there like on his body <laughs> yeah. he's like oh right <laughs> mm-hmm. by the way i i want to ask this how does that work because he's dead and <laughs> he's he's dead and buried but is also still alive how is that possible what are our theories on that and Time here's travel. the point yeah, exactly. Here's the point where me and Ware become professors of time travel for you and yeah. pull yes. a pull a whiteboard off to the side and start making lines with little yeah. stick DeLoreans because I don't know if you can draw where I can't, so mine are gonna be stick I, man. I, uh, I, I I use vigilates, like I'll use my, my Hot Wheel DeLorean to There we go, that'll work. So anyway. Yeah. Pulling our whiteboard up so now everyone has an idea of how this bit is visually working in their head. Radio of the mind. Um, yeah. So this, so Doc is currently in 1955, but keep in mind that this is 1985 Doc that is in the ground. So Doc has not gotten to that point in his timeline yet, which means that that's future Doc in the ground. Mm-hmm. He still has to experience everything at the now lone instead of twin <clears throat> Pines Mall. Um, going to the future, having all of his adventures, then coming back to see Marty, uh, doing everything and back to the future too. He's done none of that yet because that is the past version of him. And yeah. as a result, that's how he can do that is that he has to... His future is in the past, mm-hmm. but he hasn't reached it yet. So that's why he's there. Yeah. Not to mention, too, it's like you've got uh, like I've always wondered whatever happens to all of those uh, copies of Doc. You know what I mean? Like because he never like his there's there's all these copies of Doc, uh, presumably like because, you know, 1985 Doc is presumably still in 1955 when Marty takes off. But then 1985 Doc is also in 1885. And then but then you've also got like, you know, I'm sure there is a Doc in. There's also a Doc in 2015, which I believe is 1985 Doc. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I I always wondered where all these. A lot of. Yeah. A lot of it is 1985 Doc getting around, but otherwise, yeah, it's it's still difficult. I mean, that's that's time travel. The more the more into time travel lore that you dig into, regardless of what show slash movie you're getting into, you kind of have to learn what the rules of that universe are because you can't even really apply them to other universes. So in the case of Back to the Future, it is a weird linear rule 
where you're going from point A, point B, and then point C could be in the future, and then point D could be past where you've been before, but you're just bouncing in a linear fashion to these different destinations. Essentially, yeah. time periods are like points of a line. Yeah, but it's, 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 they're not a linear at the it, same time. Yeah, and also some have like different rules on like what actually affect. Like, can timelines be affected, or time, or is everything stat? Like, no matter what happens, no matter what you do, that's what's supposed to happen to the timeline. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, because, well, because, yeah, because in the first movie, like, Marty is, like, starting to, like, you know, almost disappear, I guess, because they can't, they haven't fixed, you know, the timeline yet. But also, um, <laughs> but also it's like it later on in the movie, like, you know, Doc and Marty can just travel, time travel all over the place and it doesn't seem to affect them that much. So, I don't know. There's even different rules on different movies, even, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah so. it, de- it definitely there's definitely a switch in the rules between one and two. Uh, one, one, one and two, and then two between two and three is a combined thing. But yeah, it, they definitely switch uh, finagle it a little bit, but still referring to the previous ones. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Uh, why, why did they? Why couldn't they have just dug up the DeLorean? Why did they have to blow up the hiding spot? Because <laughs> it was a pile of rocks. Yeah, pile of rocks. That's okay. It took okay. a lot of time. I guess. Yeah, I, I think even Marty, uh, not Marty, uh, Doc says like, we may have to blow because it's because you know you, you get the one board off to see it, but it was so piled with rocks, so piled with it's you know over time those things will just, will just natural movement will get stuck to each other from like moisture in the air. Yeah, into it. Uh yeah. <laughs> also, uh, when that part breaks on the DeLorean, <laughs> I love how Doc's yeah. response is, "Oh well, no wonder this is a problem. It was made in Japan." <laughs> yeah. Have, Doc, everything great comes from Japan. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good line. Yeah. Uh, so when when Marty uh meets uh. Damn it! Uh, the name again. The bad guy. Help me. Buford Tannen. Or no, 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 not Buford. The uh, the Western guy. Yeah, Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Buford. We just didn't use his nickname. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was looking for. Was Mad Dog. Anyway. Uh. So when Marty meets Mad Dog, <laughs> he's like <laughs> avoiding gunshots, right? And he brings out the moonwalk. <laughs> Like, and then the one guy looks over, savor this, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to quote this, which means you get to hear me do a rare swear out there. The guy, the guy looks and goes, "Shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> such a good moment. Yeah, right. And like, yeah, because he's just doing Billy Jean and doing the moonwalk. It's amazing, right? Well. One of the three guys, of which one of them, by the way, delights me because he's Mr. Haney from Green Acres. The guy that has a voice like this. Oh, <laughs> that's, right. That's mm-hmm. Mr. Haney from Green Acres for anyone that's watched that old show. So. Oh, yeah, no, that definitely did sound familiar. Absolutely. Um, I will say... Mr. To- Douglas, do I got a deal for you? A used time machine that's only been used for three movies. Sure, <laughs> it's in parts, but I'm sure it's a fixer-upper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there was a scene 
where Doc and Marty are like discussing, like they're trying to figure out how to get back to 1985. And, and the camera zooms in on Doc talking to Marty. But I love how you could still see Marty in the mirror in the background. Like that was a nice touch, right. you know, it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> also, yeah, the visual, the oh, visual effects team, the visual effects team did a great job. Um, mm-hmm. or the, the, in the film, the cinematography did mm-hmm. a great job throughout this. Yeah, yeah. Also, we 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 talked about it in the last episode about uh about callbacks uh, or, or like a foreshadowing from the previous movie. Where'd you learn to shoot like that? Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, he essentially yeah. essentially played the original uh uh. Wild gunman, essentially. Yeah, the one mm-hmm. with the target, with the yeah. target, with the moving targets, and yeah, because he because the guy comments like, "How are you so good? Like, where'd you learn to shoot like that?" <laughs> yeah, that's cr- that's crazy. Also, uh, <laughs> here's a free cult peacemaker because this is after uh, uh, this is after Marty <laughs> Clint after Marty Clint Eastwood you know, sends uh mad dog on his way. Also, I love how mad dog's schedule is so busy. That, yes. That he, yes. I love it so yep. much. You can't have a duel <laughs> with them until Monday. It's like <laughs> that, that I've definitely seen like schedule. Uh, there's definitely a commercial. I don't remember what commercial it is, but something similar to that where like, I think it was a more recent one where like they're trying to schedule a gun duel, but their schedules are so busy that they can't do it. <laughs> you and me finish this right now. Uh, we can't right now. Buford Marshall's got our guns. Like I said, we'll finish this tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're robbing the Pied city stage. What about Monday? We're doing anything Monday. Uh, no, Monday be fine. You can kill my money. I'll be back your way on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I loved that scene of just like, well, it's like, oh, planning ahead. Yeah. But uh, but the guy uh, gives uh, Clint Eastwood a free cult peacemaker. <laughs> but he's like, if you lose, I'm taking it back. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, thanks. <laughs> also, we mentioned it like kind of on the last episode where it's like, this all seems familiar, you know, but, and this one was, are you considering the future, Mr. Eastwood? I think about it all the time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if only they knew, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, I didn't expect it. <laughs> By the way, I didn't expect this, but Marty and Doc uh, reverse roles, which leads to <laughs> Marty letting out a great Scott in this movie. I didn't expect that coming. Yeah, that was, and that's a great yeah. part. And what yeah, I was going great Scott and Doc going, I know this is heavy, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah. And, and, and Marty has been spending way too much time with Doc. <laughs> you, you, you could, you could, you could definitely tell, especially in this movie that they were, they've been best friends for, for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much. Absolutely. One thing, one thing that Doc can do is hold his liquor. <laughs> he cannot hold his liquor. <laughs> no. He takes like, barely uh, he, he takes like one shot of whiskey right yeah. and he's <laughs> out right 
How many has he had? Uh, just the one, and he hasn't even touched it yet. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, geez, Doc, you really are a lightweight or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought I was a lightweight, but man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, what the hell is the wake-up juice that they make? Like, I wonder God, what's I, in yeah. all oh. those ingredients that they put in it. Like, what the uh, hell is in wake-up juice? Um. Well, cocktail chemistry did a kind of version of it, and this is the recipe that I'm quoting right here. It's Tabasco sauce, pickled juice, or pickled jalapeno juice, mustard seeds, onion powder, vinegar, and cayenne pepper. Oh, yeah. That does not sound good at all. Yeah, I which, just won't drink. How about yeah, that? How yeah. about this easier of myself? Yeah. Which, on a side note, it says the, the in the tasting note, the just tasting instructions says. Plug nose, drink with the funnel, regret your life choices. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. So- sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, <laughs> I love, uh, I love, like, uh, where's the back door? Uh, in the back. back. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, that's kind of how that works. <laughs> I guess they never had heard the term back door before, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, th- this is such a fun movie. So I have some final thoughts uh, before we wrap things up here. So I, 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 I'm, I thought about this when this was happening because there's a scene uh, where Marty basically gets like hanged, almost gets mm. hanged, right? Like it's very close to actually getting hanged by, uh, by mad dog. Right. And I was thinking to myself, like, even with even I like this is definitely a stunt, but I'm thinking like, how does Marty not die getting hanged like that? Uh, must have been in the nick and t- nick of time. Turns out, uh, Dolan, I think you found an article from Scream Rant, basically yeah. saying like, no, like this actually like Michael J. Fox literally almost died uh, <laughs> because from from the stunt going wrong. Yeah, I think the exact. I think the exact. He, he was talking. It was. It was either Michael J. Fox or the, like the stunt director, some something that I can't remember. Was saying interview. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I know it's. We were watching this and something happened. I can't remember exactly what it said. That yeah, no, he actually was getting choked and, and, and ended up being. Um, uh, yeah, and it's just like and they're just like yeah. The, the line between good acting and actually dying is a very thin line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is like a scary thought because yeah, um, it makes me wonder if like because because Marty was talking really hoarse. Like, I wonder if that was like actually like like I don't know if I I feel like that wasn't him acting as much as it was like how he was actually talking. If if something if that actually happened like that, like I almost wonder like how real that was. You know, like how much yeah. that wasn't even acting. You know. Uh, I mean, it's like that one scene uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio did in the one movie where he slammed down a glass, broke it, cut his hand open. Oh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained. And you see blood literally run from it. And that is not an effect. That is actually Leonardo DiCaprio's blood. But he stayed in character and they kept the scene because it was that dang good. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think in uh, Now You See Me, a similar thing happened when... uh, 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 Isla Fisher's character was doing a, a stunt and almost drowned. And like you could see the same thing of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, was... I, I assume at that point they would have to get like the actor's approval uh, for it to make the final cut like that. But like, 
But yeah, yeah no, sometimes it's like it, some of those stunts are like actually for real. Like it's not mm-hmm. it's not made up. Like yeah, look at the entire how Tom Cruise has yeah, Mission Impossible. At this point yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mission Mission Impossible. It's just like yeah, every scene like he does his own stunts and wow, they're all done exactly how you see them done in the film for the most part. Yeah, yeah. no, that's crazy. Uh, also, I didn't know because I while reading that Screen Rant article, we talked about it a little bit last episode, like we briefly touched on it. But I didn't know, like with the Michael J. Fox Foundation, I didn't know until I read that article that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's at 29. Yeah, that is crazy yeah. to me. Like, I, I have so many questions about how that happens now. Right. And maybe this this might be this might be a question more for my mom because she's a uh, she she's a nurse uh, instructor. And like, mm. I'm almost I'm like. I I I might have to save that for another time, but like, I yeah, I have so many questions about how Michael J. Fox, you know, how he got it, how he deals with it, like how he got it at such a young age, like how did they diagnose him with it that early? Like, there's just so many questions, right? It's rough stuff, man. Yes, yeah, yeah. From from my understanding, it's one of those diseases that. It's it's a process of elimination. If it's like if it's not you know these eleven other things, the only things match up is yeah Par- Parkinson's because my grandfather is dealing with it now and it's, yeah it's inter- it's debilitating yeah Parkinson yeah, yeah it's, it's no joke it's it's rough and um, and I I think they are pretty close to you know like they're 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 researching it right now and it sounds like they might have something. But yeah, I think they're still doing tests right now, but it sounds like they might have something, which is some good news. So, um, so that's really good. <laughs> the other thing too, it's like he gets dragged around by that horse. I just, the whole time I was just like, yeah. I was like, that's going to leave a mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Ugh>. So <laughs> I, I want to talk about this. So, the creators of Back to the Future have actually come out and said there will never be a Back to the Future Part 4 ever released. And yeah. <laughs> Well, in movie format, at least. Yeah, in yes. movie format. Yeah, in movie yeah. format. Yeah, just to be clear. In movie format, they have said there will never be a Back to the Future Part 4 released. And I yeah. think you were saying even to the point where um, they literally it- put it in their wills that um that if they're uh when they pass away if they want to get any of the um any of the inheritance or whatever then they are not allowed to do part four even after they they have died like yeah, it's it, literally or, written in their wills or if not that at the very least they, they have made it very clear to the kids like don't do this please mm-hmm. and it's probably I, mean, I can see it totally being one of those things that just raise them in a way it's just like yeah no it's did it's you know it the story was told the way it had it through in movie form the way it needed to be told and yeah i yeah. i remember i remember a quote from will smith uh will smith talked with um uh with marquez brownlee mkbhd about this and one of the things that uh one of the things that he said about uh fresh prince was the the network that he could have done more seasons of fresh prince if he wanted to the network would have allowed it but he decided to end it on his own terms because the story was done for him. You know what I mean? Like it was wrapped up. It was concluded how it wanted, how he wanted it to happen. 
And those are always the best stories when they can end on on their own terms and they're not canceled by the network. You know, or that's rare as heck in American either television. Can, yeah, mm-hmm. either can, or canceled too early or forced to do more than they're they're told. Right. Yep. Because exactly. you see that a couple times with some cartoons that are out there. Just like, yeah, the story's told, but we, you know, we tell the story. We have no plot lines to set up. Yeah. So, what are we going to do? So there may never mm. be a Back to the Future Part 4 movie, but you make the argument that there actually <laughs> is yep. a Back to the Future Part yep. 4. Tell us about that. Yeah, me and Ware kind of share this opinion. We talked a little bit about it. It's kind of like how, for me, whenever we were talking the Ghostbusters episode, I talked about the Ghostbusters game. Mm-hmm. I guess I am also becoming the ambassador to video game versions of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Telltale Games, uh, bless you, Telltale, yeah. rest in peace. Uh, They're back. Tell- They're- yeah, they are. Yes, yeah. true. So they are a zombie now. <laughs> they are back yeah. to... Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, Telltale, um, the point-and-click adventure game company, created the Back to the Future games. Uh, so I think there's about four five chapters. Parts. Five parts. Five chapters. Yeah, five, five. I knew it was four or five. I couldn't remember yeah. off the top of my head. I- but... But yeah, it's essentially another Back to the Future uh, storyline, and you get some of the same characters coming back. Um, Christopher Lloyd comes back as Doc Brown, so you get to um, hang out with Christopher Lloyd in it a little bit. Um, um, they mm-hmm. got uh, they got Thomas F. Wilson who played Biff in the yeah. in the, in the yeah. 2015, 2015 re release that replies his, his I, role. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I remember reading too uh, in the video game version, Claudia Wells uh, was able to reprise her role as Jennifer, so she oh, yeah. was able to yeah. return to uh, to the franchise in some capacity, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got another voice actor to do Marty mostly yeah uh there, i mean there there is a moment in which michael j fox without spoiling it too much does show up in the game itself but where um there's actually two was, moments if you, yeah there's yeah. like two pretty yeah. cool moments yeah that's uh yeah but pretty much michael j fox at this point was dealing with his parkinson's uh like badly mm-hmm. um and really couldn't do it so they needed to find someone to take the place of marty and that's a tall order to fill oh yeah Um, i can imagine but they found this voice actor that had been apparently doing this since high school because people kept on saying hey you look like marty mcfly and whenever you get that choice there's this point in your life where you either lean into it or say screw you i'm leaning away from this this guy full-on leaned into it and got a marty mcfly impression down hat to where little did he know that it would become a career choice for him later in the future whenever this came up and he does such a pitch perfect marty mcfly you would not know that it's not michael j fox aj locasito i think his name is Mm. i think yeah i'm horrible at proper nouns yeah yeah yeah. but that's great though um, and you were saying too that um, that the that the video games might answer some of those questions, like what happens to those copies of Doc Brown. Uh, so I might yeah, have there, to. There are fun little things that happen inside this game yeah. where it very much calls out the movies in some specific spots. As yeah, here's the weird stuff, and we're gonna bring it up. Why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. And I think I think I've uh, I think I've discovered uh, to wrap this up. 
I think I've discovered uh, my favorite movie quote out of all the movies we've covered so far, Mm. because no truer words have ever been said. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. And I think that that is so, so applicable and so practical to our lives in every capacity. Right. Yeah. It's my favorite movie quote of all time. Um, it, yeah, if I could have had a senior quote on my yearbook, I would have put it that. And it's 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 where I live my life by. It's just like you know, do what I can to make you know mm-hmm. the, the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the most. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have full control of a lot of things in our lives, right? But there are some things we have influence over, and with those things that we do have influence over, make them good ones, right? Mm-hmm. You know that that seems like a logical thing to go for. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So. With that being said, we're going to give our final ratings of both movies. So this is we're going to be rating part two and part three with our ratings. I'm going to start off with Sam. What rating do you give this movie? Two thumbs way up. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely no one's going to be surprised by this. Like I said, it's one of my favorite um, franchises of all time. So I I definitely give it two thumbs way up. So high up, they crashed through my ceiling and now I'm going to have to patch it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, and Dolan? Uh, two thumbs up. You know, it's always been two thumbs up and for all time, part mm-hmm. of the pun, it'll be, it'll be two thumbs up because it's favorite movie. It's favorite movie and it's, it's comfort food. It so is, yeah. No, uh, and uh, yeah, my my final rating on all three of the movies, yes, massive thumbs up. I enjoyed this series so much. I enjoyed this franchise a lot. Definitely one of the uh, one of the better uh, movies that we've covered on this show. One of my favorites. Um, so that is it. That wraps up the Back to the Future saga for Cinema Vention. Uh, I want to thank uh, my guests once again. Uh, Dolan, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, you could find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at uh, Wermo at Wermo at, at Twitter and Instagram at Wermo three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, W E R E M O L E and the number three. Yep. Uh, and Sam, what about you? Well, you can find all my podcast and my Let's Plays, all of my content. By the way, those Let's Plays, if you want to hear me scream because I am scaring the living bejesus out of myself with Security Breach right now, you know <laughs> where to find them, tscn.tv. And then if you want to find my uh, Twitch and my socials, you can find me at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch at Sam. Makes it easy, right? Of course, I'm doing a watch party for each of the movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, I stream it live over on my Twitch, where you can find me live uh, twice a week, twitch.tv slash is one But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry. We have the watch party available exclusively to everyone who supports on Patreon. You can get your own RSS feed over there at patreon.com slash is one Thank you so much to everyone who keeps this show going. If you have thoughts about the movie that we discussed today, you can join the Discord at discord.cinemavention.com. Send an email, email at cinemavention.com, and visit our website to see all the previous episodes, show notes, and a ton more, cinemavention.com. And while you're over there, go ahead and, uh, if you like the podcast, subscribe to it on your favorite podcatcher of choice. And if your podcatcher allows reviews, 
leave a leave a review. Uh, it really helps people find the show. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the movie Anchorman with Jackie Hearn. That's going to be an amazing uh, episode. I can't wait for that one. And I hope you'll be there for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) 